Today, I'm so excited to bring to you my interview with Colleen Temple. Colleen is a mother to three lively, creative, and hilarious children. She's a freelance writer and former editor at Motherly, where she built out the essays channel called Motherly Stories, as well as compiled and edited their first book, a collection of essays called This is Motherhood. Together with her husband, Colin, they are raising their family in a coastal Massachusetts town. Summer Breakdown is her debut novel, and she can't wait for you to read it. Summer Breakdown is about one woman's reluctant journey back home to the charming beach town of Seaside, Massachusetts. Full of family drama, secrets, and parenting rawness, this trip threatens to unravel Sabrina's life completely. Ultimately, it's a raw and moving love story about the complexities of family, marriage, humanity, and the dual beauty and heartache of raising children while also raising yourself. This is an incredible conversation. Let's get started. Hi, my name is Kristen Michalizzi. I'm a mindset and empowerment coach, a mother of four, a proud wife, a sister, a friend, and a lover of life. Each week, I want to bring you conversations that will touch your heart, make you laugh, inspire you, teach you, and help you grow into the fullest, realest version of yourself. I believe when we dare to be vulnerable and share our stories, we see the humanness of one another and often recognize the bravery inside of ourselves. Whether it's extraordinary or seemingly ordinary, everybody has a warrior story. Welcome to The Warrior Within Us. Are you an expert with the passion and knowledge to support people on their journey to start fresh? Join the only resource guide curated for people navigating life changes and be connected to the people who need you the most when they need you the most. Annual membership includes an optimized profile, free Zoom courses, and more. Fresh Starts is passionate about supporting the experts so they can support their clients. Head to freshstartsregistry.com to apply for membership today. Use code within us for $50 off your first year of membership on the Fresh Starts Registry Resource Guide. The Fresh Starts Registry Resource Guide connects experts and services with the people who need them most. So you are an author. How cool is that? Yeah, I am. Thank you. I'm very excited. First Me book too. coming out. It's so exciting. So I'd love to hear a little bit about, um, you know, your journey to this point. Like, this is obviously the first book that you're publishing, but tell me a little bit about like when you started to consider yourself a writer and sort of what led you to this point in time. Yeah, um, I I wrote a lot when I was little. Like when I think back on my childhood, I remember writing a lot in journals and I actually have them now from when my parents moved and reading them are hilarious, but uh, a lot of drama in seventh grade. Um, but I read, I wrote a lot um, songs and poems and all that stuff when I was little and I loved writing. But then um, I guess I always kind of felt like that wasn't a career path. Like, I don't know, I don't, or an attainable one maybe. So anyway, I lost a little bit about of that as I grew up in high school and college and all that. And then um, after college, when I was working in Boston, I started a blog as so many people did in like 2009 or so. And um, I wrote about like life post-college working and 
city stuff in Boston and whatever. And then I kept it going at it and that um, eventually turned to more mom content when I had my first child um, almost nine years, eight, year, eight and a half years ago. And then um, my friend from growing up started a website called Motherly and she had noticed some of my um, mom writing, like motherhood writing on my blog and asked if I wanted to start writing for them. So then that took me to Motherly for a few years and um, I was the essays editor there for a while. And so I wrote tons of essays on that period of like early motherhood, having all three of my kids, which is kind of cool to look back on now. It's like a time capsule of that mm. moment of my, you know, in my life. But um, so I did a lot of, I did a lot of parenthood writing. I've um, just then kind of branched out and freelanced a little bit for various websites. And when I was at Motherly, I um, compiled and edited a book of essays for them. So that was kind of my first uh, dip into like the publishing world. I wrote the book proposal for that and um, saw that through. And that was a really great process. I learned a lot about how this all works, even though it was nonfiction and now I'm writing fiction. But um, so that's kind of how my path led me here. I've always, I've always wanted to write a novel though. I've, I've always said that I've started a few along the way and never um, continued on with it. So yeah, so then I left Motherly a couple of years ago and that's when I really started taking this book that's coming out, Summer Breakdown, seriously. Um, and I joined a class in this, in Boston at a place called Grub Street, a writing center in Boston. Um, I joined, a, I had started the book and then I learned about this program called the Novel Generator course. It was a nine month course, I think. And um, I, I was so scared, but I joined it and I did it for nine months and we'd workshop our stuff. So I had to like read things aloud and hear critiques and that like scared the crap out of me. I, bet. <laughs> I remember feeling like, and I've written about this somewhere, but you know, Veda, is that her name? Veda Sultanfuss from My Girl, the movie. Okay. Do you ever yeah. seen the movie? Yeah. So yeah. she got, she signs up for a poetry class in the summer and it's all adults and she's she's like the only kid in there and stands up and reads her poetry and that's what I felt like on my first day there every time I read in class I felt like I felt like I was channeling her but um anyway, I feel like we huge. all feel like that right like at certain oh, God, times yeah. our, or many times in our lives where we yeah it's like that whole like buzzword of imposter syndrome where we feel like exactly. oh these other people clearly belong here and I don't but like Totally. But like Usually most everyone probably feel that, that attitude, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's like our brain can be so mean to us. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I have, I mean, I still even, I mean, I don't know when that fully goes away. I don't feel as frightened as I did then now, but I still feel scared. Mm -hmm. um, but scared, but ready to do it anyway, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so that um, that course was hugely helpful for me. All the people in that class were amazing and taught me so much. And um, I finished my first draft of Summer Breakdown, um, which that the title of the book didn't come till much later. I did not have a title for so long. But then um, I finished my first draft in that class and that was 2019. Wow. Um, yeah, so I've just been chipping away at it ever since I've edited it, edited the book like a million times and now I um 
I think it's the strongest it would ever be. I had to put it down at some point. And yes, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had to just, my other friend who published a book in February was like, you, you know, you have to just make the call at some point and it's going to be what it's going to be. And yeah, so that was really nice. It's like, I felt like she gave me permission to just be like, okay, I'm done now. Well, and that part, that part makes me a little anxious because I think about like every art project I ever did, like growing up, mm -hmm. I'd be like, oh, it looks so good but I just need to add this one more thing. Oh, and like, yeah. Whatever I added would ruin the entire thing because- you know, <laughs> Well, that's like, the thing. It would have been fine yeah. if I just left it. And now I yeah. don't even know what to do with it because I had to add this one more Tinkered thing. Tinkered too so. much. Well, I know I, ha I really had to cut myself off at some point because I was changing little things and editing little things out um, and adding things in to, uh, until the last bit of time I could. And then I- I was self-publishing the book. I, I hired, um, you know, a proofreader, a cover designer, someone to format the book. And like, then I was, then people were waiting on me for things. I, mm -hmm. I couldn't keep del delaying. I had like a deadline then. So that was very helpful to just be like, you know, I really have to stop now. Absolutely. <laughs> and like, now I, I, I wonder if and when I'll ever read it again, <laughs> because yeah. um, I don't, I don't want to see something that I might want want to have changed or something right, now that right. it's in print and out in the world. But but no, I I, I hope uh, I hope not. But I feel like it really is the strongest I I could have made it. So that's awesome. It's ready. So I have a few questions just as we're talking. So what did what did you yeah. go to college for? Like what did you think? Yeah. You know I I know I'm learning especially now getting you know on in my 40s I'm thinking like yeah. you never really know like yeah. I, I kind of sometimes um not envy but I find it fascinating when people like know for their whole life like what they want to be um and yeah. they set on that course and they just go for it and they never change their mind because I'm sort of like always evolving and thinking about things oh yeah try and do and be um so I'm just curious like if you could bring me back to like you know, maybe what you thought you'd be when you grew up and like what um, you went to college for and what you did, you know, post-grad and all that stuff. Yeah, I think when I was little, I think I really wanted to be an author. But then I, like, I always used to say when I was little, I was going to be a lawyer because my dad was. And mm -hmm. like, then I did not pursue that. <laughs> that was just something I would say, you know, when you were little and someone would ask you what you wanted to be, I, I think I said lawyer. I think I felt like author, but didn't say that mm -hmm. because I felt like, is that even real? Like, do people, can I even, could I ever even really do that? But then, um, yeah, in high school, I had no idea in high school and college. Like I literally followed Meg, my older sister to Merrimack. She was a communications major. So I did that. I, um, I did work in marketing. Well, right after college, I volunteered for a year at a school in Chicago. So I taught preschool with a, fab, a fabulous teacher, Miss Gunn in Chicago. And I, um, then I came back and worked in marketing. And then I did eventually go back for my master's in early childhood education. And mm -hmm. so right, I found out I was pregnant with Maggie like a week after graduating with my master's. And then that things got tricky with that. And I taught for a little bit. Um, 
And anyway, yeah, I haven't taught in a long time. I so that's so funny. I'll... Did you know that I went back to school? So I was a communication major in college, oh. in undergrad. <laughs> and then I went back to school and I went back for early childhood education. And I taught my first year. I was pregnant with my first child. And so I okay. taught from September to April, took maternity leave, went back to school in September. And in the middle of that year, got pregnant with my son. So I only taught for oh, okay. two years after getting my master's and then That's like eight or nine years off. And then w- right before the pandemic, went back to work, taught preschool for a year, oh. then taught third grade and sort of realized that like, and that's part of what I was saying about like the evolving and like, wait, oh, yeah, yeah. I thought I might want to do, I actually feel like yeah. I don't really want to do anymore. So that kind of totally. course that I'm on now, but that's so interesting that we had. Yeah, that's so funny. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, at the time, I thought for sure, like, this, that was right for me. Like, um, I, I was, the master's program was great at Merrimack. It was a year program. And I worked in a kindergarten classroom with another fabulous teacher, Mrs. Puzis in Haverhill. And um, I had a great experience. But then, I don't know, once... Mm-hmm. Once I had Maggie and I, I was um, writing a lot more, I just felt like, oh, this is really clicking now. And then it just naturally progressed to motherly. And then, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's funny how our paths just lead us where we, where we go. True. I was just, that's yeah. True. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So um, I wanted to just talk a little bit about your work with motherly because I think it's so interesting because I think moms need to hear from other moms. Like right before we mm. press record on this call, we sort of talked about some commonalities in motherhood that we feel, yeah. you know, with like the idea of play dates or like events <laughs> for the kids. And like, I think so often we kind of feel like we're alone in some of the ways we feel, especially because we're seeing people's highlight reels where it seems like they're loving oh, yeah. all of this stuff about parenting that it was probably really like, cathartic for you to be able to write about the things that you were experiencing and then also sort of rewarding that maybe you were getting paid for it and like you were mm-hmm. putting it out there that other people could relate to it so just I, I love yeah. to hear about what that experience is like for you yeah sure I um I am so grateful to my friend Liz for asking me to to join them I was one of their first employees and um I really feel like I I got my voice um, through that job and through that channel. I felt, I felt very confident in my ability to express my feelings and like heart around the experience of motherhood. I felt like I had so much to say about the feelings, the emotions, like that's where, that's what I love to write about. Um, And I feel like so when I started there, again, the imposter, I, I felt like, who, you know, who am I to write about all this and speak once I, I guess once I found like, I'm speaking just for essays are great, I think for, or have been for me because I was speaking just for myself. Mm-hmm. I wasn't giving advice. I wasn't, I'm not an expert and I wasn't claiming to be an expert mom or anything, but it was just an the the lane of essays uh, really worked for me in building my confidence and my voice, I think, because um, it was really just always writing from my heart and what's going on with me and my kids in that, in that way. But um, it was, 
I loved it. I loved being able to express myself that way. I loved hearing from other moms or seeing comments about how much it was resonating with them. Or we always used to joke about how if, if I could make someone cry with an essay, that's like the highest compliment, like <laughs> stuff like that. Um, and I really built my a lot of confidence that way. Um, and I think for so long, it worked so well for me in terms of writing about myself and my kids and the way I mother my kids. But it started to eventually feel like that chapter was closing. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like, I don't know, the little ages, it was, it all felt okay to share. So I, I, I never, I feel like got too, too specific or in depth in certain areas, but about any one child or anything like that. But I did feel eventually like, okay, it's time to like, stop writing so much about my kids. They're getting older. There's different needs with each different kid that's private. And that's, that was so great for me for a chunk of my time. And then um, not even just writing for motherly. I mean, just in, in general, writing that specifically about my kids isn't where I'm feeling like my direction's going now. I'd love to continue to write novels and keep going in the lane of fiction writing for now. Yeah. But and I think maybe part of that too is, you know, for me personally, I have four kids, you have three. And just, mm-hmm. I think for a while in those beginning years of us like developing as moms, like mm-hmm. it's all encompassing and we're kind of comfortable. Mm-hmm. Well, some of us are comfortable being like, this is my entire world. Like, this is how I identify, Mm -hmm. you know, in the world right now is as a mom. And I think a lot of it is because like we're learning so much about ourselves and our kids and what it takes and all of that. Um, Yeah. But I think you get to a point where you're like, wait, I'm actually more than just a mom. Yeah. I was someone else before and I'm going to be someone else after. So tell me a little bit about like that sort of evolution. Well, that is, I've, I've written some essays on that. And that's a big part, big theme in, in Summer Breakdown is, is just that. But um, I feel like for so long, like you said, like I was, I was fine with that being me and, and how I expressed myself and how people saw me as a mom of little kids. And um, I think I was, I felt really confident in that role. It felt, and I, and I still do. I feel I, that's, but at, at a certain time, I felt like I started noticing in me that I was like, I was getting like, not annoyed is not maybe not the right word, but just like, it was all too much, too much mm-hmm. of who I was following on Instagram of all mom stuff, too much of writing about mom stuff, too much. It was all so much. I think it was, I think it was shortly after maybe I had Natalie, which is, um, she's four and a half. Um, and at that time, I feel like something kind of clicked in me that like, oh my God, I just, I have no idea who I am anymore. Like I was, am I so crying? I was, after having Natalie, I was so not lost, but like, I really had no idea who I was anymore. Mm -hmm. I was so overwhelmed with like, she was such a good baby. So it wasn't even until like she was maybe like moving, like, you know, crawling and climbing and stuff. But when, so maybe like when she was like one-ish, I mean, I had a four or five-year-old 
three-year-old and then a one-year-old and things just felt so intense Mm. so overwhelming on top of like you know Colin's job being really demanding and like basically begging my in-laws from Vermont to come down and help me like often um I just felt or like crying and melting down to Megan my sister who you know has always lived nearby uh, who had three little kids of, of her own and um it was just well, I was writing about all these beautiful experiences of motherhood and all, you know, all the overwhelm too. I've always tried to incorporate writing about both and not just writing about the good stuff. But anyway, I was, I was just, it was everything. I was just overwhelmed with everything. Mm -hmm. So um, I think at that, that is when I started writing this book too. And having this journey for myself of writing this book was so good for me it helped I mean this book is fiction and it's about a made-up character and a made-up story but like a lot of the feelings of overwhelm and you know the way motherhood can feel suffocating at, at times in the beauty and the pain and the chaos and all of it can just feel like so much I I wanted this is the book I wish I had when I was in this to be like, this is normal, you know, feel like this is, this is normal. This is, this is okay. But this is all, it's also okay to say to yourself, to prioritize yourself, Mm. to um, realize you are. It doesn't take away from, like, I think we always like preface anything we say that feels like, a step away from our identity as moms that we have to say things like, I love my kids. I love my kids in my world, but I really, or like whatever. We always feel the need to say. I always say like, I I know I give all parents the benefit of the doubt that I know you desperately deeply love your children. Um, And so I do too, (laughs) just so everyone out there knows that. Yeah, Um, but but, I think like we're also waking up to realizing like, you know, and a lot of the work that I've been doing, we used to be taught and we used to believe that like the selfless mom was the ideal mom, the one who like only, and even sometimes still, I think I find myself being like, oh, that, you know, because we, I'm sure you have friends or um, know people who's like, moms are super involved and like mm. drive their kids places and like yeah they, yeah anytime they need a babysitter they have their mom yeah. there and and sometimes I'm like oh like that 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 mom like I still sort of glorify that example sometimes yeah yeah maybe not intentionally of like what an ideal mom looks like but I think we're learning that like nobody wins in that scenario like mm-hmm. And we really do have to protect or sometimes reinvent our own personal identities so that we're not yes. just like being weighed down by right. something that's supposed to be multidimensional. It's not supposed to be right. like our, you know, our everything. And so right. I think that the tides are kind of shifting a little where we're going like nobody yeah. wins in that situation because either the mom gets super burned out and like loses herself completely and then there's like some kind of upheaval or um 
we end up raising children that are really like uh, codependent and don't know how yeah. to like care for some of their own needs because they're so used to somebody else taking care of them for all the right things. all the right well and you put yourself on the back burner for a long enough time and you the pot boils and explodes <laughs> like you know I I felt like for a while I was very angry and resentful and of many different reasons and people and I didn't feel like I was allowed to put myself first or choose myself for any for whatever reason I had I just always felt so behind on everything um and I think this book ultimately is about choosing yourself and there not being anything wrong with that and mm -hmm. I I mean I mean shortly after like I'm probably shortly after Natalie turned one I started therapy again and um just slowly started doing choosing myself in small steps and I I had many wonderful examples I surrounded myself of people who were doing just that and um my sister Meg being one of them like she I feel like we we she was a little ahead of me in this journey of like coming back to yourself and um so I owe a lot to her um and her support and encouragement of getting back to myself like mm -hmm. really that's what a lot of this book is about I think we lose a lot of ourselves we gain obviously so much in terms of our family and raising children and each one of my children teaching me a little bit more about who I am and mm. and and whatnot but it's not it's not just about them we're obviously a big uh, part of this equation mm. um, and I think that it's so like critical and I'm I'm noticing this especially like having a teenager is I'm really grateful that I started to do some of this work before she entered her teen years because yeah. it is such a roller coaster. And there are moments where like you feel super connected to your kids the way you did when they were little. But there are also times where they're trying to spread their wings and be independent beings. And if yeah. I wasn't like doing this work on myself, I could see where I could take more of the things that more of the interrelational uh, things that happen like more personally because I right I, like, totally. I poured everything into you and now like yeah. you don't even want to be in the same car as me but I find right. that I'm better equipped to like handle some of those more challenging like yeah. inevitable teen things because totally. it's not like I have completely lost myself into right. my kids. so then when some of that starts to happen naturally you can be a little bit better prepared. I mean, it, it's still yes. it's challenging, but at least I, you know, I feel like I take less personally than maybe I would have. Yeah. And I also, um, it's just easier to like cope with what happens yeah. when there's just sort of like a natural, like, I don't need you as much as I used to mom kind of thing. So. Right, right. Well, cause that's also, I feel like what kind of happens at certain ages and maybe this happened when like Maggie was going into kindergarten is like you start realizing okay wow yeah they're growing up they obviously still need me a lot at these ages but like <laughs> one day they they're not they're teenagers they don't yes like yeah, yeah. It, they need you a it's lot. all and it's different <laughs> ways and stuff and yeah so it's like but 
you don't want to be left with a shell of yourself when they're off with their friends in high school and off going to you know college or moving away to you know make their own lives so that's something that yeah obviously you know they're still little now but it is something i've i've thought about so mm -hmm. um but i think when you're talking about um diana like do you find that she or maybe her friends or generation are like knowing themselves more like i feel like i, I write a little bit about or this is a little bit of a theme in the book like sabrina's mom is like in her you know 60s she's I feel like that generation maybe started to find themselves like if they had, have, you know, went, have they've done the work or like maybe started therapy like 60, 60s ish. I feel mm -hmm. like our generation is like it's happening in like 30s and 40s of like, you know, given permission to like actually dig in and find out like who you really are and all that stuff. And I feel like I'm, my hope is for, our children's generation to have that version of themselves much sooner than we yes. allowed ourselves I, to. You I know? absolutely think that. And I yeah. think that that's why this work is so important is it's not just work we're doing for us. Exactly. Yeah. It's, I think that all my kids see the work and hear me talk about it. And, you yeah. know, um, I think it's making a, impact on them and sort of how they're how they're creating their own path you know uh, it's, mm -hmm. I, I think that um and I don't think everybody's there I think it but I do think that that's one of the sort of silver linings of like us yeah. doing this kind of work because I think it will impact the way our kids see themselves and um yeah you know I, I think that there's just a lot more intentionality around like, okay, mm -hmm. like what, who am I and what do I want for myself? And um, yeah, I think that, I think that our, our kids will do it different than we did. Yeah. Just like we did it right. than our moms. Yeah. Um, so even, even working on ourselves and finding ourselves is for our kids. <laughs> totally. totally. <laughs> Absolutely. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. So just to talk about like some of the logistical stuff because I'm kind of fascinated yeah. by it when you went to that course did mm -hmm. you have like a a story in mind or were you was it yeah. more of a like I want to write and so I'm just going to go to this and and try to come up with a you know concept or whatever yeah yeah I already had a story I already had like the first chapter written and I already had I didn't I didn't outline in the in the writing world they call it being a plotter or a pantser and I'm a pantser all the way I just kind of my uh, teacher for that course would say like just tell yourself the story and that was a less intimidating way for me to finish writing the first draft is just to continue to make it up as I go mm -hmm. yeah I, I'd love to plot a little more for the next book or just maybe like outline just be a little bit more organized with it the next go but um it really did work well for this one and it's funny like things have changed many times throughout many versions of the book um so that's interesting to look back on now and see what it was when it started and um what it is now but like all the characters names stayed the same throughout but there was like 
new ones added in through the way. And, um, but yeah, I, I knew I always wanted to tell a story of a mother with young children um, facing, you know, overwhelm in motherhood and marriage and her with her parents and, you know, extended family um, drama. And I wanted to just kind of pile lots of drama onto this woman's life and see how she deals with it. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's real, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so cool. Um, and so tell me a little bit about the process of, so you wrote the book and obviously there's like layers that's involved Mm -hmm. with that, but, um, when, when and how did you decide to self-publish the book? Um, tell me a little bit about that process and what that was like. Yeah. So for a long time, I thought really only traditional publishing was the right way. I'm using air quotes there, <laughs> right way to to do it. Um, so I always thought that was that was what I had to do. So I, after this course, I edited it a bunch of times, and then I got in into this program called Pitch Wars, which is where you get paired up with mentors, and at the end, there's an agent showcase. And I had actually queried my book before this program one round of it then did the program so querying agents means basically just your cold not cold calling but like cold emailing agents after researching who's in your genre and who could represent you um so i had a list i i did one round i was in this mentorship program i got a few requests from agents at the end of it i sent my stuff i queried more agents and along the way I, so then I, I have learned about at this point a little bit more about self, self-publishing self and have read some self-published books at this point. And so I'm starting to realize like, this is definitely like a real option. Um, but I was, I was like, I should give this program a try. I should query more agents if I'm doing this. Um, but self-publishing then was in the back of my head for a while at this point. Um, and it just felt like something that was continually like pulling me, pull, pulling to get my attention. Um, and I had some like requests with agents and they read the book and some passed and some are still out there. <laughs> no, actually, I, I let them know that I was um, going to self-publish. But anyway, so I um, once I just realized it was uh, a, an option, like a real option, I... Um, I don't know making the so querying agents eventually started to feel like I was knocking on people's doors begging them to like me and like begging them to give mm-hmm. me a chance agents I think are so backed up right now you'll see on Twitter like oh I just opened back up to queries and I have a thousand queries in my inbox today like, you know like it's just it seems like outrageous and I'm I'm sorry things are like that it feels like the publishing industry right now is like wild I don't know it's Mm. it's I just felt like okay this is gonna take forever is is what I was feeling essentially like even if you get an agent then you have to go on submission and try and sell your book to a publishing house and then once they have it it takes you know maybe I, I think I've heard like 12 to 18 months to get the book out in the world and I'm just ready for people to read the book. I just, you know, I'm not looking to make the New York Times bestseller list. I'm not, I, 
you know, I'm just, I really want people to read it. I, I, I hope I can connect with people, entertain people. I just, I was ready. So that's when I was like, okay, even, I, I feel like I didn't even make the decision to self-publish. Like I didn't say like, okay, this is it. Okay. It was like small little steps. Like I hired a proofreader then I hired a cover designer. Then I'm like, oh, okay, this is happening. <laughs> so yeah. I took a self-publishing course with Dane Friedman. So if people are interested in self-publishing, she offers such valuable resources on her website. Um, and anyway, so yeah, it it felt very, once, once I made those decisions and I'm like, okay, this is really happening. It felt very empowering, very like, a little intimidating for sure because then you have you're the decision maker for everything but and i'm not great at decisions but very much like i'm i'm very scared but i'm i'm ready to do this mm. i don't know something just well it sounds but. like you know and i just for people who are just listening that don't know us or whatever um mm -hmm. your sister who you've referenced a bunch of times on this call yeah. was also my first coach that I hired yeah. when I started to think about like the things that I was going to do for my life. And um, mm -hmm. I, her and I both talk a lot about like trust and surrender, right? Like, and just sort yeah. of <laughs> taking things as they come and like using your intuition to just know what's next. And I feel like mm -hmm. what you're describing is like the perfect example of just like taking just the, the, right next step after the right next mm -hmm. step and not really needing to know what the overall outcome is and sort of just trusting yeah. that if you put this thing out in the world that whatever is supposed to happen with it will and yeah. um I think you've already like reaped the rewards of yeah. doing things this way and your book isn't even yeah. published yet so like what is yeah. that right like that we can just sort of like get out of the way of making it our business to know what the end sort of yeah. goal is or what the end outcome is and just sort of mm -hmm. trust that whatever if we just keep moving that whatever wherever we're meant to go will will end up and mm -hmm. it doesn't really matter what the destination is it's more about right. like these small steps forward that you're taking that um yeah. will get you wherever you're yeah right go. um and I think that that's amazing and I think this is such a great powerful example of like when something is on your heart or there's something that you really feel passionate about doing like it's okay to just like take a step to do it and look at how mm -hmm. far now you've come just because you decided to just keep going with something and yeah. um, I think so often we like sort of give up on things that we think are either like too daunting or too hard or you know mm -hmm. maybe we try it one way and it doesn't work so we're like oh this must not be for me and I think mm -hmm. that um to your example just like taking some information as like just feedback on what you can do different with the next mm -hmm. step is such a great powerful thing to think about it's like you yeah. could have taken I mean I think that there's plenty of examples where we like let one person uh opinion or one person mm -hmm feedback be like yeah. the end all be all and then we're like oh we must not be any good at this let's just stop whereas right. like you know you said okay is there a different way that I could do this and just kind yeah of moving and um yeah you know it's been really fun for me you know to be 
a friend of your sister's and now to be connected to you to just kind of see yeah. this whole process unfold. Um, you know, and it, it feels just exciting to like <laughs> see you do this. And I think it's like also, um, you know, Megan, I also talk a lot about, a lot about when we make these kind of bold decisions, like it's not really yeah. about us and there's no pressure there, yeah. but like, it's not, yeah. it, it really gives people permission to like mm-hmm. go for things that they might otherwise think it's not this, you know, like maybe what you thought when you were a kid where you were like, I kind of want to be an author, but I don't think that that's possible. Like you're giving people permission yeah. to, to, to try. Yeah. They might not. Oh, I totally to. hope. I totally hope if, if anything, people can take that away. I hope that because um, I certainly could have stopped when I got, you know, rejections from agents but I think about how there's so many books that probably have just been shelved because, um, you know, the agent didn't read their query email on the right moment where they were feeling happy and their stomach was full and the sun was shining and everything lined up. Um, but I just, I really knew, I, I just really want this story out in the world and, and people to to read it. And I just, I don't know why, but I just kept going. And um, I felt so supported and and within these last few weeks, so celebrated, so nervous with all of that too. But so um, I have felt so much love from different communities and it's like, I might start crying. (laughs) It's been um, wild to see people connect with I think seeing something, I guess, in me in that I'm, I don't know, believing in myself and going for this. And I hope people can see that, like, it sounds so cheesy, but like, whatever you feel in your heart that you want to do or put out into the world is worthy of doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we restrict ourselves so much and um, tell ourselves like, our dreams are silly or when we're raising little kids, our dreams should be put on the back burner because now's off the time or, you know, for a while I felt really bad that I was off writing and it's not writing that was making money for our family. But um, I don't know. I just, it felt like something writing and, and this book in particular just felt like something I needed to do for myself. And so whatever that is that anyone out there feels like, they need to do for themselves. I just hope that they give themselves the chance to do that Mm -hmm. because this process, this journey has been so good for me in so many ways, Um, but really just healing and and building my confidence. um, It's been just so valuable in, in those ways. So I um have been I just finished up a workshop at a mm-hmm. local um center called Creative Co-op and this course mm-hmm. was called Rediscover You. It was actually called Rediscover You in 2022 because it kicked off in oh, okay. January. It was supposed to be a one one time thing and it turned into like a series of workshops. But a lot of um what I used for sort of a guidebook for this course in this workshop was this book by Eve Rodsky called Find Your Unicorn Space. And mm-hmm. in this book, she talks and did all this research about how like creativity and that can be defined in so many different ways. 
is mm-hmm. so vital for like your own life force. But also mm-hmm. that traditionally as moms, we've sort of lost out on this opportunity to carve this time out for ourselves where we can be creative. So um, the book kind of highlights and gives suggestions for like how you can negotiate time with your spouse to like have yes. your, your yes. space and like how, right. um, how really critical it is just for like right. your own well-being and then trickling down to your kids' well-being to like have this place for yourself where you can be creative and um, obviously like writing is like innately creative like that's one of the things that people would list when they think of like how can you be creative but she even talks about like you know volunteerism and like all these different things but also one of the the um critical steps in the book is actually like she believes that you can't fully go through this process without at the end putting this out, putting whatever you're being creative mm. with out into the world, that that's like an integral okay. part yeah. of like the process that like, if you were to have just written this book and like kept it to yourself and like not shared it with the world, that that's sort of like a piece that would have been missing from, you know, closing mm. the loop on this, this process. And I oh, think that that's so true. I think first, because it motivates you to keep going, right? Like if you yeah. have a goal to like put it out there, it, it motivates right. you. Um, but also just that, like, I think we've all learned sort of over the pandemic and in the past few years, especially that like community and connection is so important and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's such an important thing to like put this out into the world so that you can like build your community and connect with other people. I also just think that the, um, theme of the book is so timely, the way everything is happening in the world right now is changing right like we see it with um social media right like the way big Mm -hmm. corporations are like advertising using just like regular people and so yeah yeah that's another really exciting thing is that like what perfect timing to do a project like this when it kind of seems like it is sort of like homegrown things that are becoming more um successful than the way it used to be when you had to I mean I uh interned in college for a record label and it used to be like Uh you couldn't get a song on the radio if you didn't Mm -hmm. know somebody that knew somebody that could get you into Mm -hmm. like the promoters um you know all the gatekeepers all the gatekeepers (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah. like the sky is the limit that anybody can sort of have access to yeah lots of people and there's people that Uh, I think I think I think that's huge because it's like I don't let anyone tell you no about something you want to do I think it's like a big thing I've learned uh throughout this it's like if you see the vision if you have the desire the passion if you want this to this whatever thing to happen there are ways to make it happen and ask people I've, I've learned many lessons and just asking people for help, asking people for their advice and just going for it, like nothing. And, and I, I do recognize in my specific situation, my privilege of being, I have been a stay at home mom, mostly like freelance writing and stuff, but I do have maybe probably even with kids more freedom or time to like 
get this out there and edit it and probably, you know, stuff like that. But um, I've, I've had to fight for my time. I, I would spend Sundays at Starbucks writing and like missing family time. But because this would never happen if I didn't do that. Or like getting to that class in Boston was like, I, should, I don't know if I'm allowed to curse on here. Shit, shit show. show. Yeah. Complete oh, shit yeah. show. Yeah. I mean, I had a one-year-old, three-year-old and five-year-old. It was on Tuesday or Monday evenings. I forget. I, I would, I would get Maggie home from school shortly after start making dinner to pack it up to bring to her dance class. And I would stay at her dance class. I would have the food with me for dinner. Then I'd feed them in the car on our drive from North Andover to Boston, meet up with Colin. We'd switch cars. He would drive the kids home and I would stay in Boston for my class till like nine or nine 30 every Tuesday to, to do this novel course. And like, it was just like ridiculous, but I'm glad I did it. Yeah. But I, yeah, anyway, so long story short, it's just what I'm trying to say is like, there are ways, nothing is going to look perfect. Nothing is going to line up perfectly likely, you know, maybe once in a blue moon it will, but it's so worth it to just keep fighting for yourself and your time and whatever that thing is that you really believe in. Yeah. And I think you can always find evidence either way. Like you could have found plenty of evidence that it wouldn't work, that there wasn't the opportunity, that it was not totally time. Like if, if that was your mindset, you would have had all the evidence you needed to make that reality. But on the, you know, on the other end of the spectrum, there's always ways to look for possibility. And I have applied that in my own life. You know, I have four children and has significant special needs. Like Mm -hmm. when we got the call that he needed double hip surgery, this is a few years ago, he just had another surgery. My husband had just enrolled in the fire academy to be Mm -hmm. um, a call firefighter for our town. And he said, I obviously can't do the fire, you know, fire academy now. And I said, no, there's no reason you can't. Like, yeah, it's going to take some sacrifice and and some shuffling around but like I do think that sometimes you know I don't want to say it's easier or harder because it's both hard right but it's like yes yes. hard and look for the evidence in the direction you want to see evidence yes yeah if you want to find evidence for why it won't work you could find it but if you want it to work just look for the evidence it'll always be there it just might not be so neat and pretty you might have to figure exactly it out. and it might just not turn out the final product or where that way it happens might not be the way you always thought it would or it might change last minute you know whatever but the way it happens isn't always as important as mm. we make it seem in our heads I guess totally I and I think yeah. too um you might have to do some stuff you don't love, right? Like I'm sure yeah. in this process, you've had to do things that were really uncomfortable that you would have preferred not to do, but you yes. have. Because... Speaking in general is uncomfortable for me. Yeah. That's why I write. That's why I like right. to write. But look at me now. I'm yeah. speaking to you. Yeah, and you're on TikTok every day. Like, tell me about what that's been like for you. Yeah, TikTok's actually been kind of fun. It's like, I, I, I there's so many. Fun. So especially I, I'm finding within the like indie publishing uh, community is there's so much so many people ready to cheer you on and support you it's like a really welcoming space of writers that I've found on TikTok which is kind of cool yeah um 
thinking of ideas to post things every day is not always as easily like I feel like some days I have so many ideas and some days I have nothing but that's fine I feel like it's been fun to do and um Instagram has always been like my main way to share writings and stuff but um it's I've been feeling more of TikTok lately than Instagram so it's, as I'm sure yeah social media things will ebb and flow over the the years but yeah that's where it's at right now I think totally. I love it yeah so I just love this conversation and I can't wait to read the book so then maybe we can have maybe you can come back and we can talk about yeah because I'm sure I'm going to want to talk to you about the book when I'm reading it so and how cool yeah. is that like I have direct access to the author <laughs> anytime so, that's learn. really cool um yeah. so I just want to thank you for sharing your story with yeah. me and also I just wanted to mention that um so I you were um, gracious enough to hire my daughter for your yes. photography, for your headshots, and for the for the book um, yeah. marketing. And that was such a cool experience, just like being with, you know, being yeah. sort of a fly on the wall or whatever, yeah. like sweater holder, phone. <laughs> you whatever. were amazing. Um, and your daughter yeah. is absolutely amazing and so talented. I I am blown away. She's fifteen, right? Yeah, she just 14? turned fifteen in April. Yeah like truly blown away with her level of like professionalism her how beautiful the photos are I mean I am still like very uncomfortable looking at myself yeah yeah I'm working working on that but I just loved what she did and she made me you both made me feel so comfortable I mean it was just such a lovely experience and I I hope that um or I, I plan to always be a champion of young people and their creativity. And I hope I could even work with, with kids in, in creative ways down the line, but um, just what a, what a gift she is oh, to the you. world and to your family. I'm sure you, you obviously feel that way. Um, yeah. 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 It was such a cool experience. And I um, just wanted to thank you for giving her that opportunity and just like allowing me to be a part of it because that was really, really special. Um, so why don't you tell everybody where they can find the book? And yeah. uh, I'm going to put it all in the show notes so people can find it uh, through me. Okay. And I'm going to be the champion of the book. So they Thank can um, always find uh, me as a resource to get, it, get, get their hands on yeah. it. But Tell everybody where yeah. they can find you, where they can follow you on TikTok. And um, okay. I'm sure this is going to be the first of many books. So um, we'll give us all the From details. your lips to God's ears, as yes. my mother would say. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, thank you for all your support and encouragement. I have felt it and I, I am so appreciative of it. Um, so I am Call Temple on Instagram and Watch Call Write on TikTok. And my website is ColleenTemple.com. And the book will be available to purchase as an ebook or in print on Amazon and a website called IndieBound and um, barnesandnoble.com and maybe a few others, but awesome. I will post about those. Yeah. <laughs> Summer Breakdown, right? Is the name. Summer Breakdown. Yeah. Awesome. I cannot yeah. wait. It's going to be yes. great. Thank you. I Thank hope you everyone. so much. What an awesome conversation. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed it and you want to hear others like it, I would love it if you check out the links in the podcast description. 
I'd be so grateful if you would subscribe, leave a review, and share it with anyone who would also enjoy it. You can also find me over on Instagram at K-R-I-S-T-I-N-M-I-C or visit my website at www.thewarriorwithinus.com. Talk to you soon. Thank you.